Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Stories. We all have them. Some are lush, some are threadbare, but even if they're worn, you can still rock your socks off. But don't. I don't want to see your gross toenails. Just kidding. Not really. Stories. Welcome to Fuzztown Stories. Today's tale, In the Food Courts of the Crimson King, Part 1. Squish Mushman was a newsman. At least he was once. In his later years, he had become more known as a vapid anchor puppet, sitting behind the desk in this fuzzy world and reporting on whatever the teleprompter said. Sometimes he'd go into the field if he had to, but that had become a less and less frequent occurrence. Once, though, when the fuzzatronic bomb had first gone off, he was still a hungry journalist looking for a scoop. He thought riding a desk was for chumps. He was going to get the Furritzer Prize, which was once the Pulitzer Prize, only once the world went to fuzz, things got weird and names got fluffy. People adjusted to becoming plush puppets in different ways. So much of the world had to change. And though it was fluff and it was supposed to be a glorious new soft world, there were many hard truths. Figuring out how to build with fuzz was a challenge. Until Flopsy Bunswacker created carbon nano-fluff, anything higher than two stories collapsed on itself. In fact, fuzz was prone to collapse from the beginning. Several sinkholes opened up and had to be filled with stuffing. Squish had reported from a sinkhole outside Beloit, but he could only get Action News 7, the eighth most popular news station, to pay any attention. If he was going to gain national notoriety and acclaim, he'd have to report on even bigger stories. But the path to greatness rarely is a straight line, and Squishmushman soon found himself doing local fluff pieces for Good Morning Furberg. He reported on yarn, getting caught in a tree, or the annual Thread Festival. He'd done 17 stories about pets that looked like their owners. And since now many owners had turned into a plush cat or dog puppet, it was surprising that it was even newsworthy. He actually brought up the issue asking if pets were now equal citizens, as there were dog people puppets as well as dog puppets, and what was the difference? In fact, couldn't some animals have been turned into human puppets and thus some animals were now people? Maybe he should investigate that. The station manager waved it off and said, to quote, Quit it with that egghead yakety yak talk. 
And instead, Squish was sent out to report on the new fad of putting bows in your leg fur. It was called low bowing, and parents were afraid it meant kids were getting into heavy nuzzling and being promiscuous. It wasn't clear how low bowing led to casual nuzzling, but Squish reported on it with the right mix of fear and salaciousness that the local news loved. Squish, though, didn't love it. He thought about quitting. Maybe he'd write the great Fuzzmerican novel about a newsman who became a puppet and his genius was ignored and eventually he quit to write a book. But he got hung up on what the book in the book would be about, so he decided to keep working for Good Morning Furberg. But little did he know that his next story would change the course of his life. Feast reenactments had popped up on the fringes of Fuzzadom in the last couple years. It was surprising how many current puppets, former people, missed food. Eating had provided comfort, community, tradition. It united families and history, and suddenly it was all gone, replaced by fuzz. Thus, the feast reenactments. The first fur faux dinner parties were created by the once reclusive billionaire Frank Hot Frank Bennis. He was known in the pre-fuzz world for having a private buffet that only he was allowed to eat at. After the fuzzing, he became an orange pineapple-shaped fuzz creature and renamed himself King Crimson. It was a controversial name to some because he claimed he'd never heard of the famed progressive rock band King Crimson and he was orange, not crimson. But during the open name amnesty, the fuzz were given free reign to change their names to whatever they wanted. Music nerds be damned. In any event, King Crimson became obsessed with feast reenactments. Some of the more involved feast reenactments would take weeks. Reenactors would sew, crochet, or stitch together meals from history, as well as place settings, furniture, the whole nine yards. Then the reenactors would sit at the table and pretend to eat the food. Each course, they'd put the bits of fake food fluff in their mouth and chomp at it until it fell out. Squish thought it was just a bunch of history nerds obsessed with culinary nostalgia. Get over it! He had felt the same way about Civil War reenactors before the fuzzing. He'd done a piece about a battle that went wrong where two Robert E. Lees showed up and got into a sword fight. That was stupid then, and this was stupid now. But a job's a job, and he went to report on the Regency Feast reenactment. The actual 1817 feast by some Prince of Wales was a ridiculously elaborate affair. The crown had brought in the most famous and expensive chef of the era, Marie-Antoine Creme, who'd cooked for Napoleon and the Rothschilds. The feast, in honor of the Russian Grand Duke, had 127 courses, including pigeon pies, the head of great sturgeon submerged in champagne, terrine of larks, and the grand finale, a four-foot-high Turkish mosque made of solid marzipan. It was extravagance to the extreme, and all of it was lovingly recreated in inedible fluff and felt. The guests, all dressed in period costumes, sat at tables and pretended to eat each course. They stayed in character, chatting about events like King Louis the, I don't know, 18th dissolving the chamber in Truvable, or the recent election of James Monroe. And presiding over it all was King Crimson, playing the role of the Prince of Wales. 
and what a whale he was, pretending to choke down course after course and just acting like a smug entitled fuzzhole. The whole display revolted Squish, and his disdain came through during the broadcast. In fact, he railed on about excessive consumption and cow-towing to old norms and the ridiculous display of slavish devotion to the past. Honestly, the producer should have cut him off, but the segment manager was having a nuzzle affair with a camera operator, and they were so deep in the throes of felty passion that they didn't notice Squish going rogue. Squish was reprimanded and suspended for a week without pay, but he did inspire many viewers to write in. In fact, Squish's rant went viral on the Interfuzz. Once back from his suspension, Squish was promoted to giving weekly rants called Squish Squishes the Squashers, in which he'd hold a big felt hammer and punctuate his talk by banging it on the desk. At the end, he'd always declare, You got squished! After two months, the show was spun off. After three months, it was syndicated. After a year, it was part of the Fur News Network. He railed against fluff shortages, re-blanketing efforts, even the endless Siberian War. His politics were not clear, because really, he was angry at everything. Famed politician and fleecetopian leader, the shambling shag, called Squish, quote, the most dangerous, out-of-control yelling that I have ever seen at this juncture. I mean, what does he even want? Will you tell me? Also, does this shirt come in yellow? End quote. He was at a department store when he made that comment. The shambling shag was, while a brilliant politician, incapable of producing a concise soundbite. But Squish didn't care. He craved the fame, the adoring fans, even the haters, all of which was fuel. And he burned white hot. He bought a mansion in Angora on the Mohair Coast. He nuzzled who he wanted, had bespoke buttons sewn onto his arms, and got fur extensions. He even considered lowboing. Everything was coming up, Squish Mushman. But this mush man was about to face the cold, hard paw of rage when one night after his evening strut, he was jumped by three balaclava-wearing puppets and beaten with yarn pipes. Fustown Stories is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan Goldberg with music by David Origlieri. Today's episode was read by Matt Roy Berger. Follow us on Twitter at The Pod Musical. Follow the clues and finally figure out who killed old Gramps Cutler at last year's Halloween Sock Hop. I bet it was those ghosts. That's why they wouldn't let us into their party. It's all coming together. As always, thanks for listening and have a suntabulous bicuspid of a day. Can't get enough for the House of Sunshine? Then join me, Numola historian Lyman Keys, in the Himalaya Plus section, where you'll get commentaries, special exclusive episodes where I answer your questions about Numola and beyond, as well as a community to chat with fellow Sunshine fans. Join Himalaya Plus and speak with the creators about the show and get exclusive updates and access. I'll see you in Himalaya Plus, Lyman Keys. Live at you in Himalaya Plus. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.